I want to talk to you today about why people are lost. And maybe today you think, well, I'm, I'm not lost or I can't be lost. Or maybe here today you think, well, I feel sorry for all those people who are lost. I suppose maybe there's someone today who says, well, no one will be lost. It's something we shouldn't worry about whatsoever. But there are a few reasons why people will be lost. And I want to look at those reasons in an effort to help us all to learn, perhaps, or reinforce what we know so that we're not lost. In the book of Luke, chapter 13, beginning in verse 22, speaking of Jesus, the Bible says, He went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. What does that tell you? I'll tell you, for me, that's a warning. It's a truth that maybe we don't like. Maybe it's uncomfortable. There are not going to be very many that are saved. That's what the Lord said. And I think it's a wonderful question and it's something that you and I should ponder today about our life because it's a very serious thing. You're in a very serious situation. I don't know if you know it. None of us is going to get out alive unless the Lord returns. And we're going to meet the Lord. And when we meet the Lord, we're going to be pronounced saved or lost. There's no special circumstance. There's no alternative path. There's no third choice. It'll be saved or lost. And the Master, the Creator, our Savior, says there's going to be few that are saved. Well, I guess the question is, how many is that? What, how how many is a few? Are we talking about 10 or 20? Are we talking thousands and thousands? You know, I don't, what, what are there, 7 billion people in the world today? Approaching 8 or something like that? What's a few out of that? What we want to talk about, though, is why. Why aren't more people saved? Why isn't this building full? Why, why don't we have a church building that's ten times this size that's full? Why aren't people flocking to hear about the truth? Why aren't people desperate? Why aren't people crossing the border to come here to hear about Jesus? Or you and I crossing the border to go somewhere to hear about Jesus? A lot of people are going to be lost, that's what the Lord says, and I believe the very first reason that people are going to be lost is because they simply avoid the truth. There's a lot of people that don't want to know the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. And it's a very sad condition, and I will tell you, I don't know that I'm an expert or not, but I've been holding gospel meetings for a long time, I've went to a lot of places, I've talked to a lot of people, and I've run into a whole lot of people over the years who just feel that if I don't know what I should do, then I'm not responsible to do it. 
In the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 beginning in verse 4 he says and saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation for this they willingly are ignorant of You think about that How many times do you get pulled over by a police officer and say I I didn't know what the speed limit was Has it ever mattered? Oh, you didn't know. We'll pat you on the head. Go any speed you want to go. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. We don't do things that way. These folks are willingly ignorant. They made a choice and a decision. I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to know. And therefore, I'm not going to worry about it. But it doesn't work. Because I want you to notice what he goes on to say. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. I want to keep reading. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now listen, but beloved, be not ignorant. Of this one thing. Don't be ignorant. These people tried it. They avoided the truth. Be not ignorant. Of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord. As a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. Now listen. The Lord is not slack. Concerning his promise. We all know how that works. How many times when you was at town with your parents and as a child you'd done something wrong and they said, you're getting a whooping when we get home. And you just go, they'll, we'll, they'll forget. I'll be extra good all the way home and I'll be real. As soon as I get home, I'll help unload the car and I'll run in and start cleaning my room. They'll forget all about it. And sometimes they did. And then maybe two days later they said, I was going to give you a whooping. Oh no, you, you, you don't, don't worry about that. The Lord's not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What the Lord wants is you to know the truth. I'll tell you what you need to know is the truth. You need to know what will save you. What you need to know is the truth that will change your life. What you need is to know the will of the God, to know His Word that will help you, to help you overcome the challenges of life. That's what we need. You don't need a preacher to say pretty things. You don't need a friend to say it's going to be all right. You don't need someone to say don't worry about it. Why? Because there are few. A few will be saved. Listen. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. You know, years ago, Alexis went with me out to Washington State. We always slept in the church house up there. And you may think that really sounds weird. Maybe it is, but we had air beds and we we stayed in the church house. And somebody broke in the car and stole her purse. I'll tell you, if we'd have known that was coming, we'd have been ready. We didn't know. We had no idea that night was the night. Guess what was in her purse? All her money that had been given to her from graduation. Gone. Gone to not be seen again. Why? Was we not prepared? No. 
You never know when the thief's coming. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the, ele- the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and all things therein shall be burned up. The day is coming and we don't know when and it's going to be too late. And if you've avoided the truth, you won't be ready. You can't be prepared if you've avoided the truth. Romans 10 verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. This this describes a lot of people. Ignorant of God's righteousness, do what they think is best. Not having studied or learned about God. They go through their lives just trying to do their best. It's not good enough. Why? Because there's few that be saved. Job 21.14 Therefore they said unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. Have you said that? Probably not. But do you do it? Do you do that in your life by not opening his book? Do you do that by not studying his word? Do you do that by not reading and educating yourself in the word of God? I'll tell you, if you need, want to know God's way, ask for help. If you want to know the word of God, ask to do Bible study. There's a bunch of guys in this room that will help you to learn God's word and know his will so that you can be saved. John twelve forty eight. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. There's going to be a lot of people who meet the Lord on the day of judgment and they will be lost because they have avoided the truth. They didn't want to change their lives. They wanted to hold on to whatever it was in their life that God's word would teach against. A lot of people are going to be lost because they're led astray by preachers. And I know I'm a preacher. A lot of people follow preachers. The Bible doesn't teach us to do that. The Scriptures doesn't teach us to follow preachers. In fact, in Colossians 2 verse 8, he says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. If a preacher don't preach Christ, he's not worth a thing. A lot of people follow preachers. A lot of people that I've talked to over the years about difficult questions, they'll say, well, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this difficult question. I have to go talk to my preacher. Well, go talk to him. What you really probably ought to do is open the Word of God and study the Word of God and follow God's Word and not a man. That's really what you ought to do. The book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 beginning of verse 3 he says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? It's the truth. It's godly teaching. A time is coming when people don't want to hear it. You know I sat down and studied the scriptures with a young fellow a few years ago and as we began to study it was pretty clear he didn't understand some he didn't understand the word of God. I tried to help him, I tried to teach him, he'd say, I don't like that, I don't want to do that. Well, what do you want to do? I want to do what I want to do. Well, who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow God's word? Are you going to follow sound doctrine? Are you going to follow something that's not sound? 
That's not good. That's not true. He said a time's going to come when people are not going to listen to good teaching. But notice what they're going to follow. After their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. He said the time's going to come when we're going to find a preacher to say what we want to hear. Fire the preacher. Don't like him. Preacher taught against drinking alcohol. Fire him. Preacher said, I'm not doing what I need to do. Fire him. Preacher makes me feel bad. Fire him. Hire a new preacher. Get us a preacher who will say what we want to hear. Get a preacher who's going to tickle my ears and say you're okay. And just be happy and don't worry about it. And notice what he says. They're going to turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And it's it's happening. And it's going to continue. Unless we follow the truth of God's word, it's not going to work. Preachers are just men. Galatians 1 verse 16. I want you to listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. He says, blows my mind. Which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Well, what does that mean? They're going to change it. Change the gospel. Change the teaching. Change the doctrine. He said, this bothers me. And it, it blows my mind that this has happened. People are removed from him that called them into the grace of Christ to another gospel. Notice verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. He's going to say it again. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Not going to work. In Paul's day, they were changing the gospel. Preachers were preaching other things and people were following those preachers. And they perverted it and they changed it. And it took them from the grace of Christ somewhere else. Verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I want you to think about what he's saying. If a preacher is just preaching to please men, he cannot be the servant of Christ. If you're going to be a preacher, you're going to have to preach truth to please God. Not men. He says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after men. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Preachers can preach anything they want to preach. They're free to preach anything they want to preach. But they've got a responsibility to preach truth. Don't be led away from the truth by a preacher. Study God's word and see if what you hear is truth. Number three, some people will be lost because they love sin. It's plain and simple. They love sin. They want to live in sin. They want to commit sin. 
They don't want to change their life. They don't want to put away those evil things. They just want to do what's evil because they like it. Luke 8 verse 14. That which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And bring no fruit to perfection. You know, life's full of temptation. It's full of sin and the pleasures of sin. And that's true for the young and the old. And there's going to be a lot of people that are lost because they enjoy it. And they seek it. And they want to live in it and practice it. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, he says, Traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know, people get involved in sinful things and it's addictive in whatever way and they seek it. And it's a lie. The devil tempts us and lies and tries to tell us it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be marvelous and it's going to be the greatest thing and when we give in to that, it never delivers. It's never as good and we seek it again. And it becomes a pursuit of sin and a love for things that are pleasurable in some way more than those who love God. Hebrews chapter 11 beginning in verse 4, 24 rather, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, that means when he was old enough, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen to what he chose. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He could have had the life, couldn't he? Wealth. The wealth of a king. And fame. And servants. And he he could have lived the high life. He could have had no worries. No concerns and no work. And he could have just done whatever he wanted to do. But he made a decision and he made a choice to suffer affliction with the people of God. He made a decision to not love sin, but to love truth. That was a choice he made. Why? Because he esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches. He gave thought when he looked at heaven and eternity and hell, and he made a choice about that. And he chose the long game. And you should too. And We all get tempted and we all do things that are wrong. And there's a difference in making a mistake and choosing a life of sin. That's the short game. That's quick and easy and it's fun now. But I'll tell you, this this life won't be very long. Travis led the song. It won't be very long. It'll be over. And eternity will be at hand. And that's the long game. And this is the choice Moses made. He chose to suffer. He chose to deny himself those things. To avoid those things and choose a life that was harder. Because he esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Because he had respect to the recompense of the reward. And you should too. You should deny yourself those things. You should turn from sin. You should walk away from that life and repent and you should follow God because there's going to be a lot of people lost in eternity because they choose a little fun now. It's foolish. 2 Peter 2 verse 14 Having eyes full of adultery 
that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and hearts they have exercised with covetousness, covetous practices, cursed children. It's it's what happens. If you pursue the life of sin, it's going to grow and take over and lead you to hell. Many will be lost because they reject scriptural baptism. And, and maybe you know about baptism, maybe you don't. Maybe you think it's controversial, or maybe you don't. But I want to read a few passages to you. All the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of him. It's an interesting passage if, if you really look at the, the layout and the language. Notice what they did. Some people were baptized. Some people listened and were baptized. Those people justified God. That's what they did. They proved God just. By doing what was told, by doing what was taught, they proved God just. Others rejected the counsel of God. Didn't reject John. Didn't reject the preacher. Didn't reject that church. They rejected God. They didn't just have a rejection of God with no consequence. There was a consequence against themselves. They rejected God to their condemnations. Others accepted God to the justification of God. And that's how it works. And there's a lot of people in the world today that reject baptism. I had a fellow tell me it was sin to be baptized one time. I said, I'm going to, have to, I'm going to struggle to understand that, I think. He, he thought it was sin to be baptized. The book of Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Peter said, repent and be baptized. It's pretty plain. It's pretty simple. But I'll tell you, I'll fall back to one we just talked about. Preachers leading people astray. A lot of preachers say, don't do it. You don't have to do it. Or they say it's not necessary that you do it. But I want you to notice those who were baptized, they justified God. And Peter the apostle said, you need to be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's what we need rid of is sin. And the way we get rid of it according to Peter was we be baptized for the remission of our sins. And he says you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to keep reading. Acts 8 beginning in verse 35. Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. It's kind of become a theme to me and I want you to notice what he preached. Jesus. I don't know what he said. I don't know the argument that he made. I don't know the passage of Scripture that he quoted. I'd like to know, but I do know this. He preached Jesus. The eunuch heard it in verse 36. As they went on their way, they came to water. And this man, this Ethiopian eunuch, he looked at the water. And he thought about the preaching. He thought about what he'd heard. And he said, here's water. Can I be baptized? And there's a lot of people that reject it. They say, no. Don't need it. When Jesus promoted it, when John the Baptist taught it, and all the apostles preached it, 
Matthew 16, verse 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What difference does it make what a preacher says when Jesus says that? A lot of people reject. He that believeth not shall be damned. If you don't believe, will you be baptized? No. That's the reason people are not baptized, because they don't believe. Acts 18, verse 8. All in one passage. Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. The book of Acts 22, verse 16. While tarest thou, arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It's throughout the New Testament. Over and over again. People are taught about baptism. The gospel is preached to them. They hear the teaching of Jesus and they're baptized over and over and over and over again. And then preachers today say, don't do it. Don't need to do it. Don't need to worry about it. Well, they worried about it. They thought a lot about it. And the truth is today, you can accept it or reject it. Today, you can accept it or you can turn it down. And there will be a lot of people lost because they reject. A lot of people will be lost because they won't respond to the invitation. I wonder how many invitation songs, how many invitations have you heard, Pappy? Thousands. Thousands. How many have you heard? How many times have you been invited to change your life? How many preachers have passionately begged you to come to change? How many times have people said, come get help? And not just a momentary thing, but through a song, four or five verses. And, and people see it. In John 12 verse 48, he said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. You, th you think when we stand before God that we're going to look and say, I didn't have a chance. I never had an opportunity. You think anyone's going to say that? Do you think you can say that? When you've had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity? In Acts chapter 26, in verse 27... The apostle says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I don't know how long he paused after that question. It's hard to see that in the reading. Maybe he waited a long time. Maybe he went ahead and answered for him. I know thou believest. I'll ask you a question. If a person believes in Jesus, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you understand 
that baptism is for remission of sin. And you realize, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not living the way I need to live. I'm not on the right path. I'm living in sin and I need to change. What should you do? Respond to the invitation. I heard a wonderful story from an old brother in Christ. His name was Sid Camp. And he is up in his 90s and he got to telling a story about preaching one Sunday. And uh, a guy came up to the front and responded to the invitation and he wanted to be baptized. And they didn't have a baptistry in their building back then. It was a long time ago. And he said, well, we're going to meet out here at some farmer's pond. We're going to meet at 2 o'clock and we'll have a baptism. And when they got out there to the pond at 2 o'clock, the gentleman was there who wanted to be baptized. He said, my mother's come with me and she wants to be baptized. And he said, that's wonderful. And so he said, we got out of the vehicles and we got down in the water and said cars started stopping. And people started getting out of the cars and walking over there and they said, what's going on? (laughs) And he said, we're going to have a baptism. And he said there got to be a crowd of other people stopping and there were 10 or 15 other people who came out there and watched us, just strangers. And he said, what's going on? And they said, we're going to have a baptism. And he baptized this man and his mother. And he said, is there anybody else? And they said, there were five more. He said, yeah. <laughs> five more. It's so easy, isn't it? There's so many people here the gospel, and they hear the news about Jesus and they know it applies to them. You know it applies to you to change your life. And they sit. I wonder today, if you drove by and saw two people standing in a pond, would you stop? Probably not. People hear the the invitation over and over. Agrippa understood What he needed to do. He understood about Jesus. He knew who Jesus was, didn't he? But what did he say? Almost. Not today. Maybe later. I've heard a lot of people say those things. I'm not ready yet. Why? What's there to not be ready for? In Luke 13, beginning in verse 24, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut to the door, and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. And you yourselves thrust out. I'll tell you when the day comes. 
and you stand before the Lord. You're going to go, man, I had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I didn't. Why? What is the reason to not obey the gospel today? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.